BlizzCon 2017. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. two people who I spent my first BlizzCon with, and it was awesome. They are awesome. Dwayne, better known as Major Death on Twitter, welcome. Hey there, Luke. Thanks for having me. Casey, better known as Evilani on Twitter, welcome. Hey. So it was an amazing experience. I had so much fun with you guys. It was in Anaheim. It's the yearly event for Blizzard Entertainment where they roll out their new, newest and flashiest things for World of Warcraft, Overwatch, Hearthstone, Starcraft. Um, and I know I'm forgetting it. Heroes of the Storm. There we go. This year there wasn't really any Diablo stuff. So that was a little bit disappointing for those who um, play that game. But going into like us, well, you play that game. I don't play that game. But yes, from what I understand, those who are Diablo fans were not too happy. So what were you guys um, most looking forward to or wanting to get out of BlizzCon 2017? Dwayne, how about you? Oh, you're going to you're going to pitch me the softball. I, I like this. So I wanted a. I was looking for two expansions. One I knew I was going to get, a new Hearthstone expansion. We now know what that is, Cobalts and Catacombs. But I was really hoping for a World of Warcraft expansion, and we got that and then some. In spades. Yes, exactly. Now, Casey, I I know a little bit of what you were wanting because you and I have discussed what we wanted beforehand, but from what I understand, this was the first BlizzCon that you got what you wanted out of BlizzCon, at least in one small area. What were you looking forward to or hoping for most out of BlizzCon 2017? So for me, I was also very much looking forward to a World of Warcraft expansion. Our first year in 2014, it was not an expansion year. And then 2015, they had announced Legion at GamesCon. So the BlizzCon was not an expansion announcement. So I really wanted a World of Warcraft expansion. It was pretty much all I was looking for. However, I was more hoping for a, hey, the Horde and Alliance are friends, and now we can play together but they went completely 180 of that. We now hate each other even more. And the battle for Azeroth has begun, pretty much. I wouldn't mind being able to play with you since I'm on the Horde side most of the time and you guys are on the Alliance side most of the time. But And it'd be really nice if we could actually take our characters into some dungeons and raids together. But that's not apparently going to happen but we will be able to talk a little bit more about the new stuff that's coming up. Me going into it, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. I had heard all these amazing stories from the two of you about what it's like to be at BlizzCon, and I'm like, can it really be that good? And so 
I tried not to get my expectations up too much. The two things that I wanted were um, a World of Warcraft expansion, which I feel like that was sort of, at least for me, a foregone conclusion since they didn't make one before BlizzCon earlier in the summer. But you never know. Sometimes they'll do stuff like the surprise of not announcing anything for Diablo this season or this year. They will sometimes pull a surprise out. The other thing that I wanted was a playable race called Zandalari, which is a Zandalari troll, um, which has been an NPC at least that I came in first contact with in Mists of Pandaria. And ever since they um, showed up as NPCs, I, lo I loved them because they look fantastic in armor and the existing troll races in the game uh not as great in armor because a lot of the horde races are hunched over and it just doesn't make it at least in my opinion as they're not as good a looking in armor so those are the two things i wanted i got both of what i wanted and i'm very happy about that but before we get to it what was the lead up to blizzcon like for you guys i know that um I had planned on coming over on Wednesday and Casey was uh, called me and she goes, well, if you're going to take the day off, why don't you just come over a day early? So I figured out my schedule and I came over um, because she, her suggestion was if you want to actually see people and meet people pre BlizzCon is just as important, maybe more important than actual BlizzCon. And Casey, I will readily admit you were right. So, Always am. So in terms of what you were looking to get out of pre-BlizzCon, because there were just seeing people in the hotel lobbies of like the Hilton, and then there was Con Before the Storm, what did you enjoy most or have the most fun with pre-BlizzCon? The entire BlizzCon experience is not just the convention. And I'm sure that if I didn't see or get tickets to the actual BlizzCon, I would probably go until I can't afford to go anymore. And the reason for that is because the amount of people that I have had the opportunity and pleasure of getting to know over the last four years and over my time playing in World of Warcraft with our guild is one of the most important things to me. These are people that I usually don't get to see other than this one time a year. We live all across the country or the world, and it is so important to continue those connections that I have with those people. They are fantastic, and we all share a love of gaming in general, and specifically Blizzard games, which, I, I mean, I'm, I was there for almost a whole week, and I still didn't see everybody that I wanted to see, nor even with the amount of time that I spent with people, did I spend enough time with them. Dwayne, um, I know you were looking forward to pre-BlizzCon not only to see people, but because there was the opportunity to get yourself a Hearthstone card? Well, there was a, a new hero portrait available as part of if you get together in person, they have these uh, get-together events with Hearthstone called a Fireside Gathering. And if you go to one of those, you actually can get an alternate hero, an alternate Warlock hero. So rather than playing as Gul'dan, when you play the Warlock class in, hero in, uh, in Hearthstone, you can be a gnome, a female gnome named 
uh, Nemzi Necrofizzle. So I was looking forward to to getting that hero portrait in uh, in Hearthstone, and like and like my lovely wife was saying, I, the there's so much going on during the two days that's the actual BlizzCon event, and everybody's trying to get and meet and see people that it, it seems like the best time to catch a lot of people is to is to uh, connect with them before either before the actual convention starts or after after the conventions ended that Sunday afterwards so getting getting there earlier in the week and and it seems like everybody else has caught on to this as well because the when our first year when we went into 2014 we flew in on when we we flew in early and because it was part of our honeymoon and a lot of people didn't show up until like the Wednesday or Thursday the day before the actual event and now the last uh, couple years it, it, there's been a lot of people that come into the come into Anaheim on on that Tuesday before and so you have the entire Wednesday and Thursday to to meet people, to hang out with people, get to uh, they they now do badge pickup on the Thursday before the event as well, as well as open the the BlizzCon store so you can buy uh, merchandise as well. That was all stuff you had to do during that Friday and Saturday, and it and it took away from being able to uh, get get things. Uh, Get get things during the event or or seeing people during the event. So that that was that was what I was looking forward to. We also had an opportunity. You mentioned on it briefly, is because this has gotten so big and because there's so many people there, there's actually a community convention before the convention, the con before the storm, and and that that has ballooned in size in the last five years that it's gone on as well. And so it's bigger than it ever has been. They have all kinds of podcasters on there talking about the games and what they expect to happen. There's an art gallery, the, uh, the fireside gathering meet and greet for people that work at blizzard, people that are, that are streamers, people that are esports stars, all that sort of thing. There's just, they're, they're getting, there, there's so much to do now that I couldn't even imagine just kind of showing up the day before or and trying and expecting to see and do all the things that you can do. I am a casual gamer, but I really love the lore of World of Warcraft. I love the um, lore of Overwatch. I have played Heroes of the Storm with you guys because I it got me a mount in Warcraft and it's a fun game. It's just I'm not it's not something that I'm familiar with and I will readily admit Every time Hearthstone just boggles my mind, I don't even try. Which I'm gonna be. It'll be interesting to discuss the dungeon mode with you a little bit, Dwayne, because I'm thinking I might use that to tiptoe into Hearthstone. We'll see. But I really enjoyed, in addition to being able to just sit down and meet people in the um, Hilton lobby, which was and the couple nights ahead of time. I really enjoyed Con Before the Storm. I got to catch a couple different panels while various things are going on. I know we split up for a little bit, and I think I went to one of the podcaster panels, and some people went to the other ones. For, as someone who has podcasted for a very long time, but not in this field, um, or not in the gaming er arena, it was very interesting to hear their stories and ha see the parallels between their journeys and the ones that I've been on with like Daytime Confidential. And so... 
it for me it was very inspiring that you mentioned the art raffle shall we say i know that they do most of that online i did they they did most of that online this year from what i understand but then for pieces that were not picked up they had on um draw like raffle tickets that you would get and then people would be able to get them well i got a ticket i was like uh what's the likelihood but hey why not i'll come back so i went to i went to a podcast panel i was enjoying it but it was like okay it's coming on 11 o'clock 11 30 i need to get up and go so i went up and i went down and i was waiting and a couple people won first uh, like right off the bat and they were able to pick the um, from the pieces that were remaining and then there was like this big gap where no one won everything they just kept reading off numbers and reading off numbers and no one was there and finally, a, a number was written, uh, read, and it was mine. So I got a piece of Hearthstone, or not Hearthstone, but Blizzard art that incorporates pretty much a character from every single one of the games in it, and I never win anything. So that was a very early on unexpected highlight for me, and the art that they that were that was on display that was done by fans was amazing and i love i've loved seeing that online but to see it in person and to see the textures and things that people have done with it was fantastic um was there anything more about the pre blizzcon experience that you guys want to touch on before we dive into the actual event nope i'm good okay. i just hung out with people which was all i wanted well, and um, I was so excited. I well, didn't really sleep that night. I'm not sure what exactly happened. Every once in a while, I will not sleep. And apparently pre-BlizzCon warranted that occasion because that was a fun day on Friday with very little sleep. But we got up at, and we're in line. What was it? 8.30-ish? We were yeah, in we line? were there about 8. 8.15, 8.30. And the line was, or the lines were already probably about half full from what it could be potentially to get in? Would you say? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I would say halfway through the, the pavilion there in front of the Hilton. We had the opportunity, we were going to try and meet up with some people, but they didn't arrive quite on time. Shout out to you guys. You know who you are. Um, but we did end up sitting with them once we got inside and it was very interesting for me. I I don't do Black Friday shopping, but I sort of felt like it was Black Friday rush once you got through the thing to rush in and get seats. I realize this wasn't your guys's or your first year at BlizzCon, but the first time that happened to you, was it so, did it feel that way for you guys as well? Where it's just like run run run, I've got to get as fast as I can. Yeah, we were actually standing with a bunch of people at the time um kind of like what we did just kind of find a group of people that's kind of one of the great things about convert to raid is that it's so big and there's definitely an opportunity for you to find someone um and so we stood with a bunch of people and then we all just linked hands and arms and just pushed our way to the best seats that we could find and that was before so this year was actually the first time that they were showing the opening ceremonies everywhere so our first year you had to be in the main hall or you were not going to see the opening ceremony because this year they had three different stages they had the overwatch stage the hearthstone stage and then the main stage if i'm not mistaken there wasn't a fourth one correct correct yep 
Dwayne, what was it like for you the first time you went in there? Was it a bit nuts? I'm not I'm not a big fan of of crowds, but you as you point out there were the the morning of the first day, the anticipation and the number of people in that pavilion in front of the Anaheim Convention Center and in between the Marriott and the Hilton, there's just this entire opening area that's basically about two or three blocks, I would say, maybe maybe a little bit more, and it just fills up with people, and they're all trying to get into the Anaheim Convention Center when the main doors open, and so it, it very much... I. I think you, I think you've pinpointed exactly what it's like. It is definitely like Black Friday shopping if you if you've ever stood in line. But think about it with um, you know rather than maybe about three couple hundred people, you're talking about probably about mm, something in the neighborhood of about five or six thousand people. You know, not I think I think they said there was close to thirty thousand people that went to BlizzCon this year had tickets to go to BlizzCon this year, and literally a third to to half of those people end up right then before the doors actually open to try and get into the into the convention center. It wasn't quite as bad because as you as you pointed out there. They were showing it on multiple stages. There were there were parts of the opening ceremony that were being sh- that were actually taking place on others on other stages. So there were other places you could go to 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 see the whole thing and part of it being live right there. But but yeah, it, it is definitely uh, you get cramped and you just kind of shuffle your feet towards the door when the door is open and and it, it is it's it. it it really is like Black Friday shopping. So we got in, got our seats, had to wait as um, everybody got seated and everything quieted down. Of course, there's this buzz within the building and then the hall that's just electrifying. We were in the main hall. Um, I believe that was the Mythic Hall. Um, and I believe that's what it was called. And just waiting there, you're sort of like, you've got the anticipation building you are sort of leaning over and whispering to the person you're sitting next to about what's coming and i mean it's just it there's more even more of a build-up and then all of a sudden the lights go down a video comes on there's a massive cheer and you get this video with people talking about what being a blizzard gamer means to them and what gaming means to them in it they are telling their stories um whether it's how they met and married um, through one of the games whether or not it's a connection to a deceased relative and in addition to all the um excitement and anticipation i wasn't prepared to start getting weepy which is exactly what that intro video did is that something that happens every BlizzCon in an opening, or was this year special? They they have a opening video to, that that right when it when the opening ceremony starts. Last year it was talking about the anniversary of of Warcraft and talking through all of the the 20 some years that that there's been a Warcraft franchise whether it be 
you know, the first World of War or the first Warcraft game, the second Warcraft game, now World of War, uh, World of Warcraft, and Warcraft Three, and and just talking about the the kind of evolution of the game and the just starting out as a as as a game and as a game franchise. I think two years ago they talked about you know just Blizzard Entertainment starting out, so it. The, it is something they do. They tend to put together an opening video that really kind of hits emotionally home that that you as a gamer, you as a Blizzard gamer in particular, are going to feel emotionally invested in. So I, I, w- I it, it's it's not something that's surprising, but at the same time, it, it's always a treat to see what they what they have in store for us. I think that one of the things about BlizzCon that is something that if you aren't there, if you haven't experienced it in person, you can't really understand um, the people that you are there with Blizz- with at BlizzCon is a family. And I think that this year's video just reinforced that feeling that we may have a lot of differences but these games bring us together and we're all there to celebrate those games, those developers, and all of those people that have put so much love and attention into these games that we also love. And this year was, it spanned all of the games, but listening to those people who were like, I work at Blizzard Entertainment because my dad got me into Warcraft. You know, like that's, that's just important and that's special and that tells you how these games are way more than just entertainment. They're, you know, a building foundation for groups of people that you know for what you can do with your life to just have those things that you care about. For me, World of Warcraft, Blizzard Entertainment and their games it's it's one of those things where I wouldn't even know the two of you potentially as like close friends if it wasn't for World of Warcraft. My I was introduced to uh, World of Warcraft through a very dear friend. Um, I had played many well after I was introduced. I played for several years and then I ended up moving to North Dakota. As part of that move, I ended up in Fargo. I ended up at a new job. Casey, you were my trainer in that job, and we connected because I saw World of Warcraft on your desk. It is literally one of those things where, other than the job component, you and I would probably have not have not hung out or spent a significant amount of time if we didn't have that connection through um, the game. Right, because and, you go, and, that's my people. That's exactly. somebody who has something that I know that I care about. Eve, share share the story of the the woman on the flight. Oh yeah, I will. Definitely. Luke, finish up your thought, and I will do that. So the the for me the coming to BlizzCon in 2017 and what it meant to be a Blizzard gamer was not only that I had real life indiv- um, friends, um, IRL friends who like yourselves with whom I was able to ch- share the experience, but Casey, you also alluded to. Um, CTR 
for people who may not be familiar with that, that's a convert to raid guild. It's on Airy Peak. It's an alliance guild, um, and it's a super guild, basically, a whole bunch of guilds that come together under one chat um, experience, shall we say. And they do a lot of raiding. Now, I primarily play Horde because those are the characters that I have fallen in love with. But I do have characters in this guild. And over the couple years, I've sort of associated with like some of the people in CTR on Twitter and various other things. But this was my first opportunity to meet many of those people in person. It was my first opportunity to meet many of the podcasters who I listen to regularly because while I am a casual World of Warcraft gamer now, I still enjoy the discussions of lore. I enjoy the discussions of news. So things like Torn Think Tank, Slaying Demons, um, and Convert to Raid presents the Battle.net News. These, along with a number of other uh, World of Warcraft podcasts, are things that I get immense enjoyment out of. And for me, it was an opportunity to meet people who I interacted with, but as w in, in addition to that, make new friends who I had never met before. I, I think at the beginning of the of my trip um, visit, I decided to, I need to create a list of the people who I'm meeting just so I can keep track of them because I'm really terrible with names. Everybody who's ever listened to a podcast that I have made or, or produced knows that I am really bad with names. So I was like, I'm going to create a list. And by the end of BlizzCon, that list was up to 50 some people who, whether I know them personally or met them for the first time, I helped to make my experience an amazing experience. And the commonality of that is sort of what you're wanting to talk about in who you met on the plane. Yeah, so on our flight from Minneapolis to John Wayne, we are sitting in our three and three seats. Um, I'm the middle seat. Uh, Dwayne is the window seat. And we have a lady who's the aisle seat beside me. And she's chatty Cathy. She's by herself flying. And she turns over and says, hi, blah, blah, blah. Why are you flying? Why are you heading to California? And so I'm very open with why we go. Some people aren't. They're just like, oh, I'm going on vacation. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to a video game convention and Disney. Because it, telling BlizzCon specifically, most people don't know what that is. And it's not important to them. But the person sitting across the aisle, it like pokes her head over and she goes, are you going to BlizzCon? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, me too. So over the course of our three hour flight, I get to talk with her and the lady sitting beside me. And we talk about what we're into, who we're meeting, our plans for the time. And you know, there's kind of like a little lull in conversation and Dwayne goes, have you got her Twitter handle or anything to keep in contact with her? And I'm like, I'm terrible at this sort of thing. So I hadn't. And I finally am like, hey, do you happen to have like Twitter or anything? She's like, no, I don't really use that. I use Facebook. I'm not comfortable giving out my Facebook to people I don't know because I kind of keep that my personal side. And I was like, what about battle tag it's the blizzard app um it's your handle within all of the blizzard games and she's like oh yeah they released a new app we were able to add each other right there and so we chatted until 
you actually got there to pick us up. And I was like, hey, you know, we're having this party on Friday. You should definitely come. Um, but I'd love to hang out with you sometime if we can. And you never know, right? You might hang out with that person again. You might not. Um, and we get back to the hotel area and there's a message from her. Hey, my friends were wondering if you guys had had dinner. If not, we'd love to meet up with you guys and have dinner. Okay. Random person that I met on the plane. And, <laughs> <laughs> but so we meet at the Hilton, um, cause everybody knows the Hilton. It's the place where everybody hangs out. Um, we meet up, we go to dinner. She brings her two friends and, one of them just happens to be a developer for um, the Heroes of the, the Storm games. matchmaking. And so it was just like, okay, this person that we just met on the plane, we don't know. But we get to meet this other person who is a developer in a game that we play. And they were all just really wonderful. And then we ended up running into her again at lunch one day. And I've talked to her numerous times since coming home from BlizzCon, which is just amazing. Like... I went there knowing all these other people. I mean, I know tons of people from CTR and AIE and podcasts because I've been there for multiple years. But then I just meet this other person who's just amazing. And I'm, I mean, it's just phenomenal. It, it just goes to show just how it does feel like a family. And it that to me, I, that experience kind of, is exactly what that video was talking about, Luke. It's it's everything. It's that that we are in this together, and that we're all. In fact, in fact, Mike Morheim, the CEO, is the first person to speak at every one of these. And one of the things he said right after that was, "There are no strangers here. There's just friends you haven't met yet." And that's that's exactly the kind of situation that. You saw in the video, it's it, it's how it feels like every one of the interactions are with any anybody that I've ever met over the course of the four years we've gone. And I suspect it's going to be a lot like that every year going forward. And that's why I look forward to going every year. And for people who know me, I tend not to be someone who can just strike up a conversation with a stranger. And so on that first night, on Tuesday night, when we were in the Hilton uh, lobby, just chatting with people who you guys knew or who you sort of knew of, um, I ended up in a conversation with Epic Insanity, and we ended up talking podcast and audio editing and all this other stuff. And it ended up being like half hour, 45 minute conversation. In the meantime, I'm looking at Casey and she's sitting across there and I'm like, uh oh, she's getting really tired. So Casey, I do apologize if I was responsible for you not getting as much sleep as you needed. Oh, um, during BlizzCon, there's no such thing as sleep. You just <laughs> you just handle everything, and you exist in this time where you don't actually sleep any. And no, um, the epic insanity conversation was actually funny because you guys were actually already friends on Twitter and you didn't even realize that that's who you were talking to. Um, so though, just... to be fair, I had an inkling because he has just as big a beard in person as he does in his logo, Indeed. which sort of gave me a hint. Yes. It is a very good logo, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where 
and and I'll be honest, I wouldn't have known that you don't have a problem striking up conversations because you had no problem just chatting with everybody that we met. And it's, I think that's one of the things about BlizzCon is it, everybody could just be comfortable. And, and a lot of times for me, um, in large settings like the Hilton Lobby, when it starts to get really loud, it's really hard for me to hear. Um, I do have some hearing issues, and so I can't always hear what people are saying. So I end up just sitting there and listening and watching people and just watching everybody be excited about being there, especially the nights before BlizzCon and leading up to opening ceremonies. The people watching opportunities at BlizzCon, if you are a people watcher, are innumerable <laughs> and fantastic. In speaking of that, uh, well, before we get into like the actual games and things, the, the other aspect of meeting these people for the first time and hanging out. Now, granted, you guys have had met a lot of them beforehand, but we did end up sharing a lot of meals with new and uh, new. For, all of them were pretty much new friends for me, but some of them were new friends for you. We had there was amazing food. Now, granted, you guys had Denny's more than you probably wanted, but I ended up with Cheesecake Factory twice, P.F. Chang's. It, the food on the trip was amazing, and I'm just giving a shout-out to Anaheim because that was some pretty good food. Just saying. Yeah, nothing like umami burger. It's like a necessity to have. I believe that creme and sugar will be a necessity as well because that was yes. amazing. Um, the food the is... Food, the food trucks. You have to call out the food trucks, too. There, There's gourmet food trucks that are available the two days of the convention itself. And you can get all kinds of, of really fantastic food. The Unami Burger, when we went there, um, we were with Marcone and the Buttress, the guys from 1600 Dust. Um, that was a really interesting experience because I am not a sweet and sour person and they have the like weird ketchups and crap and it was actually pretty good though I was not I was not brave enough I admit it I was a chicken to try their like habanero whatever dipping sauce or mayo or whatever it was it's like yeah. no I'm not going there the creme and sugar was amazing if you follow me on Instagram you'll see some of those photos. It was amazing. The Cheesecake Factory with the raspberry lemon cheesecake with strawberry drizzle was amazing. Um, but enough about that. We Apparently we in... need to start a food podcast. <laughs> Listen, the, uh, maybe, maybe, or just an occasional, occasional segment. So we're back on opening day on Friday. The lights go down, we watch the video, and then the announcements start coming, rolling out. We had announcements for Heroes of the Storm. Hanzo um, and Alexstrasza were announced as new playable characters, um, upcoming characters within the game. Um, what did you guys think of that? I know that you guys are probably more casual Heroes of the Storm players, sort of, um, but maybe play it more than I do. What are you, are you looking forward to the introduction of those two characters in the game? Well, Alexstrasza is a freaking dragon. So, yes, absolutely. Um, I am so excited to play her. I'm obviously going to have to buy her first, but um, I am excited to play her. Um, I don't buy a lot of the new heroes, and I am very casual in the game. A lot of the issues that I have with Heroes of the Storm is that so much has changed, and if you don't play it, constantly you get behind on character changes and the new heroes it's really hard to keep up with everyone also one of the things that i really liked was that 
even though nobody knew it, it was like, surprise, we're giving you a three-day STEM pack. So if you went to BlizzCon, you have the STEM pack, hopefully be able to help you get some of that gold so you can get Hanzo or Alexstrasza to, you know, get enough gold to get them. If you guys haven't used yours, we may have to coordinate because I saw that show up on my BlizzCon account and I was like, when in the world am I going to use this? But I have to do it before Christmas or before New Year's. Uh, So I'm like, hmm, Christmas vacation is coming up. Maybe I'll use it sometime between Christmas and New Year's. Dwayne, what did you think of the announcement of these two characters? Well, one of the one of the things I really like about BlizzCon and the opening ceremony, and in particular when they're announcing new things, is the cinematics in which they introduce these. So to introduce the fact that Alex Straza and Hanzo were being added to Heroes of the Storm, they had this about three or four minute video of them actually fighting in the in the Nexus, like uh like a, an animated short and showing off some of their abilities and different things like that. Not, not in the game, not in the game footage, but like just this, this really, really fantastic Pixar level quality uh, animated short to, to show what it, what it's like if those two are fighting. I guess, I guess there was some people that, um, you know, Alex Straza, I think was pretty, pretty, uh, um, there were rumors that that she was going to be one of the heroes announced, and so that wasn't as big a surprise as Hanzo. Uh, I'm not a big I I have while I own Overwatch and have played it a little bit. It's not necessarily my game. I'm not a great first person shooter uh, gamer, so I've, you know I I don't know. Uh, it'll be fun to try those characters out. But I, I don't have a lot of investment in that particular character. I, I am a pretty big uh, Alex Straza fan. She's from from Warcraft, and and she's got a card in, in Hearthstone as well. So, and the fact that as as uh, Casey pointed out, she's can transform into a dragon in the actual game itself for for her big ability. So that that seems pretty cool. There are so many announcements for Overwatch in terms of that have come out down the pipe since the, the game originally launched. The things that are going on with Overwatch in the esports world are just amazing. But we got the introduction of a new character, Moira. We got to see um, some of her cinematic, her gameplay. That was amazing. I think my entire or my favorite line of the entire BlizzCon, even though it wasn't World of Warcraft, was how do you spell Moira? And it was um, O-P-A-F. And uh, that has stuck with me the entire time. My favorite line, she's a support character. I am going to actually log in and and give her a shot because, hmm, she looks like a blast. Also, which I know excited a lot of people, was the Blizzard World map that is coming to... Overwatch. Yeah, that was fantastic. Now, oh, go ahead. No, that I just there. There has been. uh, I'm sure in the community there has been so much talk about what a Blizzard-themed amusement park would look like, and I I don't know that anybody ever suspected that that would be something Blizzard would actually do, in in so far as to make a map that kind of basically uh, brought that idea to life 
But I, 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 so I think that that actually probably was the biggest surprise element uh, of this, of this BlizzCon opening, uh, opening ceremony. I just, if you'd have asked anybody beforehand, if they, uh, thought they'd see something blizzard world related i i don't think you'd have seen it i don't think anybody would have guessed it casey um how bad do you want a real blizzard world oh my gosh so i love theme parks i love i i love them the cinematic that they showed or the the little video that they showed in regards to blizzard world just made my heart so happy I want to walk into an amusement park where I am walking into Stormwind. And when they were showing that kind of scene where it's like you go over the bridge and you're going into the, you know, oh my gosh, just lose my mind. I'm like, can Blizzard please just spend a couple billion dollars because I know they've got it. And please just make this like, I will go there. I will go there a lot. And it just, ugh. I am I'm ready for it to be a real thing to be able to just go and hang out with all my friends in Blizzard World. Like they need to be, be like that needs to be part of BlizzCon. There needs to be a place to do BlizzCon and then we go to Blizzard World. I'd be happy with skipping Disney if I got to go to that. Uh, I need to go I need BlizzCon to go to Snacks Ramus to get my snacks. That, yes! that that needs to happen. That yes, absolutely. Um this brings us to Hearthstone. Dwayne, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but last year you left BlizzCon and you and I had a, a conversation. I know you s- spent a lot of time focusing on your desire to stream Hearthstone. And over the past year, it has given me immense pleasure to see your progress as you have um, learned and grown on your stream on Twitch. And so I know that coming into this year, you were really excited about BlizzCon, what it had in store. What do you think of Cobalt's and um, Catacombs? It's it is after after two really good expansions this year. I think Cobalt's and Catacombs is going to be an excellent an excellent uh, final expansion for, for the year of the mammoth. That's the, the basically the, the three expansions set for, for this year. It looks like a lot of fun. It goes back uh, to the, like the referencing the kobolds from the, the early starting zones in, in world of Warcraft it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's it's so it's it's Hearthstone is at its best when it takes something serious or more serious from from Warcraft and then makes a funny version of it, or they call it a whimsical version of it, and that is exactly what they've done here. It, they you know they've they're they're creating all these different kobolds cards they're the the focus is, uh of the expansion is on loot and treasure and and all that so the the um the imagery that they're using seems seems really really fantastic and as you as you pointed out earlier they they've introduced a new game mode with this expansion that I'm really excited about because it's 
a mode that doesn't require you to have any cards in your collection and for you to be able to play it. And it's something that it sounds like a lot of people, yourself included, it's something that they want to try, even if they've never played Hearthstone before. And uh, it's it's the dungeon run mode. And, and I think I think it's going to be a fantastic uh, way to get people to try Hearthstone that have maybe uh, shied away from playing Hearthstone in the past. For me, Hearthstone is a game where I have it on the Blizzard launcher. Every once in a while, I will log in because there are being there are free packs being offered, and then I go to like see what I can possibly do with these packs. And all of a sudden, I feel like whether or not this is true, this is just my perception. I hit a brick wall of having to know exactly what I'm doing, even if I'm going to be learning a new class or. Um, I feel like sometimes the entry level, and this is entirely possible that it's just my pure ignorance, the entry level to get into Hearthstone, you have to be really familiar with that type of card play in the first place, whether it's through a different game or through um, some sort of other background. And I don't have that background. So for me, it's like, hmm. And so the dungeon mode, I realize that I may go into dungeon mode and I may colossally flop multiple times, but at least I'll be able to go in. I don't have to worry about unlocking anything. I don't have to worry about doing any type of like trial type things. It gives me an opportunity to enter with and familiarize myself with just the basics without having to try and figure out all the rest of it. But Dwayne... I think you're holding out because earlier when I asked you what you were looking forward to most, you omitted getting a certain photo <laughs> and you got that photo. So, so the one, one of the, the coolest people I think that currently works at, at Blizzard right now is the game director for Hearthstone. His name is Ben Brode and he is a larger than life sort of personality and he is one of the people that has introduced, you know, pretty much every expansion since since I've started playing Hearthstone. And he's got the he he's this really big guy. He wears flannel, and he's got this nothing wrong with flannel. He, no, there's nothing wrong with flannel. It's just not everybody wears flannel. It's part and when of his you're look. a big guy that wears flannel, you kind of stick out a little bit. And he's got this this booming laugh that that no matter what room you're in it fills up the room and he seems like this just fantastically awesome guy and i was really excited last year about the opportunity to try and meet him since i had uh had kind of i because I had just gotten into the game and now was really excited about the game, I want I wanted to meet him and tell him, you know, how awesome uh, how awesome the game is. And last year he he was there briefly, but uh, I didn't get a chance to meet him. And so this year I was I was really excited about the opportunity to possibly meet him again. And I was looking at, I was looking for him all day Friday. And trying to go around the Hearthstone area, which is where I assumed he would be. And I completely missed out on him on Friday. And then it got to be middle of the day Saturday. And I did actually end up meeting him after after a panel where he where he was doing a Q&A on Hearthstone. And so I got a I got a complete 
I got to completely fanboy out on him and uh, probably spoke really fast and didn't really probably coherently speak sentences, but I got to tell him how awesome the game was and how big a fan I was of him and that uh, Hearthstone couldn't have a better kind of ambassador to uh, to 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 talk about the game and he was he was very 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 nice and and then was was willing to take a picture and that's the thing is the the game developers at Blizzard are so fantastic uh, you you know they they they're at this event they're kind of treated like rock stars almost and but yet they're really ought to every single one of them that I've ever met has just been nicer than. Than, than anything and and very accommodating taking a few minutes even if they don't necessarily have a few minutes to chat with you and take a picture or autograph something it was so so it was that that was probably one of my highlights if not the highlight of, of the of the convention he is such a larger than life personality that when he came on stage to make the hearthstone announcements everybody got super excited and he is such a great narrator and ambassador for Hearthstone that when he took the audience through the dungeon on screen, um, even though we were not in that room because that was on the Hearthstone stage, everybody in our room was going along and shouting the answers the same way the people who were actually in the room with him were. And it was very humorous how he... Na- he navigated the dungeon and showed it to um <clears throat> showed it and the expansion to the fans casey we talked a little bit about family um earlier on and what it means to be a blizzard gamer and i know that as Dwayne has built his stream on twitch that you've helped manage the community and the chat as, as he's playing what was it like for you to see both <clears throat> this like that come alive with people who you've met in the chat um, at BlizzCon, but then also to see where Dwayne has come in the past year? So uh, first I want to say that I'm glad that Ben Brode lives all the way in California and we live all the way in North Dakota because my husband has a huge crush on that man. And okay, <laughs> it is the most enough. adorable thing I have ever seen. And, um, but no, I, it's I, not a crush. It's just, I idolize him. That, that's, <laughs> uh-huh, you know, he's, uh-huh. he's on a giant pedestal with a, with a giant spotlight on him and, and I'll just sit and a halo yeah, or two. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. The issue is okay. I don't even have that. I'm not on a pedestal. I have to clean out the cat boxes. Uh-oh. Anyways, <laughs> I'm not getting in the middle of that. Anyways. Um, getting to see a lot of, we did get to meet some people from, um, his Twitch chat, which was really awesome. Um, some of the guys from 1600 Dust that we got to have dinner with um, that I remember last year being like, hey, we, I really want to meet these guys. I've been listening to their podcast. And then they came down for only like a day and a half. And they were specifically like, hey, we want to hang out with you guys. And so getting to see that, it was really great. And getting to watch him be able to tell people about his love of of hearthstone of of another different game that i don't have the same um passion about as he does but it is wonderful to get to see him you know and that's what these games do they they they're something where people fall in love with them and 
having this opportunity to get to talk to somebody who has the same interests as you is just so important. Um, also, I will say most people who know Blizzard know who Chris Metzen is. Chris Metzen is, you know, or was the the daddy of Blizzard, really. And he retired a couple years ago. And I will say that nobody hypes up BlizzCon the same way Chris Metzen does. However, Ben Brode is very, very close. I would say he is the new Chris Metzen going forward. And I hope that they use his passion of these games and Hearthstone um, in future years in, in BlizzCon. So it'll be really cool. That brings us to World of Warcraft. Before we got to the big expansion announcement, they surprised us with a video about Warcraft Classic servers. I started playing the game midway through uh, Lich King. I'm not exactly sure where you guys started, but is this something that you guys are looking forward to? I started at the end of Burning Crusade, um, right before Wrath of the Lich King started. Um, I have not really been interested in classic. Um, I, I'm also one of those people that the story that the game is giving to me is one of the most important things. And I feel just going back to that previous story doesn't do anything for me. I understand where people are like, Hey, that's the game that I first fell in love with or, or, or whatever, but that game isn't that game anymore. And I think that the classic servers are going to help those people that are interested in that. Um, and I'm happy for them to get something that they've, they want, but I don't think that it's going to be as popular as, I mean, the classic servers have already been made pirated and there have been people that have had them and access to them, but I don't know that specifically it's going to be something that's just overly popular or is going to take a lot of people away from playing the main current version. Dwayne, how about you? I actually started a couple months before Burning Crusades. I actually played uh, some of the classic version, I guess. It'll be interesting to see exactly where... There, there's been so many changes to the game since that point. And and I think a lot of people might not necessarily, uh, if they're waxing nostalgically for the uh, the classic version of World of Warcraft, they, I think there's probably some that, that really want to play that experience. But I think there's also probably a segment of the population that doesn't necessarily remember all of the pitfalls that came with that, um, specifically like with um, Mount with mounts and 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 when you were raiding and all that sort of thing so it, it, it is a very it is a much smaller subset of the population that that will probably take advantage of this but I, i'm really happy to see that that blizzard is going to be doing um is going to be doing something to help uh fill that 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 role there as as casey pointed out there have been pirated versions available that you if you like hacked your game client you could then access those servers and and be able to 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 play that experience i don't think that that necessarily that that shouldn't be how you'd have to deal with that i 
I, I, I'm really happy to see that Blizzard has seen that there is enough of a of a a call for it that they want to be able to support it themselves. So um, while it's not necessarily my cup of tea, uh, I'm I'm glad that they're going to be doing it. It doesn't really appeal to me personally. Um, starting in Lich, um, I got a little bit of the taste of the world before Cataclysm, and so. But there were areas that I didn't really experience in time because I just didn't quest through them and things. So there, there from that perspective, there might be elements of lore or story that I wouldn't mind going back and seeing. But then, and this is just me being super petty, waiting to get mounts and maybe not having flying until a certain level is something that would basically be do not pass go. Well, there would be no flying. Yeah, there was no flying in classic, and in classic no. at all. Okay, because I wasn't sure if that came. But that in was that, of, that like, came in in Burning Crusade. Because if I'm not mistaken, you didn't get mounts until what level forty? Yep. Correct. Yeah, I am not going to be going forty levels to get a mount and then not being able to fly. And so for me, I'm like, hmm. Maybe they will put up one of the, you know how like in PTR they will give you a test character so you can boost it up to the highest level and then you can see stuff. If they did a classic PTR and I could go in at a level 40 whatever and then see the areas and already have the mount, I might go in and look at the lore for those purposes. That That's kind of but bypassing all reason to, to play classic I'm, servers there, Luke. But, uh, but I'm not looking to play it. I'm just looking to see the... You you want to see Thousand Needles maybe... before it got flooded, or you want to see? Yes, I re well see that's the thing. I remember Thousand Needles before it got flooded, and I really liked that. But like, if you go down to say Old Doom and some of the other areas down in that part, those were areas that I did not have much interaction with pre cata because I was still learning things. And so from that, like that, the big raid that's down there where you can get the little mounts, uh, the insect mounts i don't remember their names but um it was it, that type of thing is something that i would just like to see but then thinking about it well more than likely i wouldn't be able to see that raid because i'd be at level 40 which would be max level for that and i'd probably get my ass kicked so i probably wouldn't get to see it anyways yeah i'm interested to see how they're going to do aq40 if they're actually gonna make it viable again um and also it's funny that you said get the mount because really there weren't that many and you had to keep them in your backpack which was much tinier because there wasn't that many bag slots available yeah i, th I think like 12 slot bags might have been the biggest or maybe 16 i think it was 12 because it been 12. 16 um, became big because nether weave bags were 12 and that was bc if I could just do a flyover lore-wise, I'd be totally okay with it because I don't personally need to go back, but I understand that for people who really cherish that as part of their experience because I know there is a subset of the community that absolutely loves it, I am happy for them, but I'm with Casey. I am more than happy to see how this story has evolved, and the next evolution for that is the Battle for Azeroth in which they released a cinematic that... First of all, Sylvanas was epic, and then Anduin came back and was equally so, to the point where I have watched that thing probably ten times, maybe more, since um, BlizzCon. What did you guys think of the 
cinematic for BlizzCon, Dwayne? Oh, that was... Okay, so if Blizzard World was definitely something that you weren't expecting, I I think everybody was expecting there would be a, a World of Warcraft expansion announcement. I don't know that anybody thought we'd see the opening cinematic. So this is the this is the the video you see right when you launch the 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 game once you've installed the new expansion. It's supposed to bring you up to speed as to what's going on, and it is it it was probably the best one I think I've seen. There the you know I've seen every single one of them to this point, and they've all been really cool but just the 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 quality of the video has advanced so so much over 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 the expansions but then i mean you 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 get so invested in these characters and so sylvanas is definitely a character that even though i'm an alliance player she is somebody that that i really like uh, on the horde on the horde side and uh, seeing this giant battle at at Lordaeron, the the um, kind of the home home base for the the undead, where you've got all these alliance all all the alliance uh, alliance races marching on on the on the on Lordaeron, and you've got all the horde races, you know meeting meeting them at the door basically and and just uh it, it it was something and and you know it was it was a back and forth and then yeah it the the the, the mesmerizing part was was sylvanas herself about you know three quarters of the way through the video she uh basically takes out this giant uh this giant turret thing that that's coming towards Lordaeron and she jumps down and then yells for the horde. And you just, even as an Alliance player, you had, you just, you feel kind of the hairs in the back of your neck stick up. Cause it's just this chilling move. And, and she make she, to do this, she, she basically, becomes a a banshee which we've never seen before in 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 the game or or anything and so seeing her make that move it was crazy and then as you pointed out anduin who we've grown grown up with because he's grown up over the expansions as well and he's now the 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 king of of the alliance the king king of the the human race and to see him um, just know that, or you know, he, see, he sees that because be, be, that that the alliance alliance got people are falling, and that you know he's not the fighter that his father was, that he is a uh, a master of the light. He's a priest, and what do, what do priests do? They call upon the light to to help save them, and to see him do. To just drop the, his father's sword, and then just call up to the light, and then just seeing this beam of light come down was just wow. It was a, there, it, it it was it was amazing, and it was there. There's no way that you couldn't be 
a member of either the Horde or the Alliance and not just get chills for your own side, as well as just feel a whole lot of respect and admiration for the opposing side. So it it, it invoked a whole bunch of emotions and feelings, and, and that's why I think it's like the best a bet the best cinematic trailer for, for an expansion we've ever seen. Casey, when Sylvanas went full-on Banshee, I might have had a meltdown. It's entirely possible. I could neither confirm nor deny. But one of the things about that cinematic was how they played the burning of Teldrassil and the battle for Lordaeron and how later on they are not willing to um, confirm which of those two events happened first. What did you think of the cinematic? What do you think of this lore as we are now facing the battle for Azeroth? Well, I will have to confirm with Dwayne that this is probably one of the best cinematics I've ever seen. And I know that we had just briefly touched on it, but we actually got to see all of those opening cinematics be replayed back to us right before WoW Classic. Um, just seeing all of them be played and then we get the opening cinematic for this expansion. It's, it's not the expansion that I wanted, but watching Sylvanas, I mean, she is a total BA just going full Banshee queen. I mean, we've been calling her that for years, probably a decade. We've been calling her the Banshee queen and she, she's the OPAF right there. She is the OPAF. Um, but we get to see her go full Banshee queen and just wipe out people. Like it's just, you know, like she's doing the dishes and she's, she's defending her people and she's defending their city. And there for a minute, I was like, man, we're going to have another horde expansion. It's going to be all about the horde. And, you know, here's the Alliance. We're just going to have to pick up the pieces again. And then we have Anduin where he finally is coming into his own. Um, As a paladin myself, I was really confused. I'm like, why is he wearing ma- like plate? Why is he wearing like a sword? Hello. Hi. I need new armor <laughs> sets. Yeah. Um, it it actually calls back to uh, to to the Warcraft movie because that is that is uh, uh, Varian's father. What, Lane. Lane. That that was Lane's armor, and and he wore the mask and everything from that. Yeah. And so I was very, I was very confused at first. I was like, why is he wearing this? Are they changing him into a paladin? This is very weird. And then he's like, oh, um, I'm seeing my guys go down. I'm going to do what I know how to do. And he's not a fighter. He's a healer. And he does just that. He does mass heal. um, And everybody's like, oh, he rezzed everybody. No, they weren't dead. They were just injured. He just healed them. And then we see um, again, look at him and go, this is my king. And it's just so emotional to see everybody there and to see all the emotions that Anduin was having going through that moment. And then just to be like, stand as one and for the Alliance. And I'm just like tearing up and I'm, I'm tearing up now just thinking about it. And they just charge forward. And then we get this huge battle in regards to the information about 
the mighty tree. Uh, I think that the horde burnt it down first. They, I think that I heard actually, that. They actually did confirm that that it was the the burning of the world tree that pre pre predated the the attack on Lordaeron. So we don't know story wise what caused what caused that to happen, but. Um, they, so we don't know for sure if the horde burnt the tree down, but the tree burnt down before the attack on Lord. Yes, yes, and and it okay. sounds like it was the horde that did it, but we, again, we don't know exactly why or or you know what what precipitated that occurring because I can't imagine that that would just happen just because. And I think that's one of the things about this expansion is that. It is really a 180 on our current situation and that it's going to take a lot of story, which I'm very excited to hear, for Blizzard to be able to explain how we get from where we are right now to where this expansion starts with this cinematic. And, you know, we still have a good amount of time in the current expansion. And I think that we're going to see a lot of updates and a lot of story in regards to the the bridge that's going to connect these two. I, I'm not shocked that the Horde are the ones that caused this. They're kind of troublemakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I'm just really excited to see where it goes. And I think you had another question for me to answer, but I don't remember anymore because now I'm thinking about the cinematic. No worries. Um I'm going to just sort of throw this one out to you because Sylvanas is my favorite of the still remaining horde leaders, shall we say? I was, I really like Vol'jin and I'm really excited that his story we've been told is not over. We will be finding out more, even though he is apparently dead. We'll see how this all plays out. Maybe Um, maybe it's like one of your, one of your daytime shows and like his evil brother is going to show up or something like this. His doppelganger. He's going to come, he's going to come back and haunt someone. Um, Who knows? It's entirely possible. Technically, World of Warcraft is just a big old soap opera in in a fantasy. Exactly, setting. that's what I'm um, saying. Um, but the, I'm I'm so I'm excited to see him again. We're gonna get to the races momentarily, and the the story that we're gonna be getting with the continents. But regarding Sylvanas, Dwayne, you had said that regardless of whether or not you're an alliance player you still have much respect for her. So here's one of the things that I have wondered is because it seems like horde bosses die a lot and alliance or uh, I'm sorry, horde leaders die a lot and alliance leaders die a lot. For me personally, there would be a much larger massive hole in the world of Warcraft mythology if Sylvanas ends up dead is that a, is she a character who you would like to see bite it, or is it one that you think it's important that she stays in the game, whether or not that's for a few more expansions and then dies, or one that you would like to see storyline wise die more quickly? Oh, I I don't want to see Sylvanas go anywhere. I I think that I think we've seen enough of the of the horde and the alliance um leaders die off especially during legion i mean it seemed like every every uh every patch somebody was 
was dying and uh i i i i think i honestly don't think that there is a bigger there would be a bigger hole in the in the entire just game and lower standpoint than if sylvanas was no longer there and that's how integral to to the game and the story and the lore that she is i mean she is actually kind of risen through the ranks i think i i don't know that she was necessarily that big a component to it when when the game started but but she's elevated herself not just you know in the pecking order of horde leaders but now just just having an impact on the story as the expansions have gone on that i even Anduin and and Varian was very close when it comes to that, and they were able to 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 kill him off during Legion's hashtag spoiler alert. Uh, but I think I, I I think going forward, I would I would I would I would think it would be really difficult to kill her off and keep the story going well because I just don't know that I I personally have as much uh, connection to any of the other Horde leaders. And so it would be it, it would be a huge hole if she wasn't there anymore. Let me tell you, being a very casual raider and only someone who's able to basically pick up LFR towards the end of expansions, because that's about the time that my gear is okay, I would refuse to go into an LFR in which she was an end boss that I had to kill. I would just not do it. Casey... What, is, what are your thoughts on where she stands within the lore? Would you like to see her killed off? Do you think she needs to stick around for a good while? I think she needs to stick around for a while. And the reason for that is because the Horde leadership has already been changed over quite a few times in a very short amount of time. And I don't think that there's going to be a good story to be like, oh, we have another leader. I think all that would end up doing is breaking up the Horde and making them be divided and I don't think that that would be good for the story or gameplay, really, because how do you fix all of that from the beginning? You know, people who are, I'm the Horde from level one to level 115, and then from there I'm, you know, whatever. And so I think that that wouldn't, that wouldn't work out that well. Um, and I know that D, Dwayne had said that uh, Varian maybe was as big of a story. I will say that Varian is as big of a story as Sylvanas is because he has been the king for so long. Um, but they wanted to shake the boat and and they did, and I don't think that they will do it again um, anytime soon. That sort of brings us to the nuts and bolts of Battle for Azeroth. Um, we are getting two new continents, Colteris uh, and Zandalar. I can confirm and cannot deny that I went nuts when this was announced, because at the same time this was announced, they announced that the Zandalari, the race that I've wanted to play since Mists, is going to be an allied race that is going to be playable. It is one of six races in which once you get to max level, you'll be able to unlock the story for a specific race and play them. The Zandalari will be the first race that I unlock. I am super excited. On the Horde side, we're getting the Zandalari. We're getting the Nightborn and the High Mountain um, 
Tauren. On the Alliance side, we're getting Void Elves, Lightforge, Drain Eye, and Dark Iron Dwarves. They also announced that these are just the first of six allied races, that with the way they've set up the technology, that they're going to be able to introduce other allied races um, in the future. What is your thought? Like, what do you guys think of the idea that the Horde and the Alliance are going to be leveling separately? Um, the Horde on Zandalar, the Alliance on Colteris. What do you think of that concept? It's not like before where everybody is doing the exact same zones to level. Casey? I think that the the questing elements will be fine. Um, even though we have, yes, leveled on similar places before, um, there's always been a different story, a different quest line that we've been following. Because um, we've always started in different places for the most part. I, I'm fine with them being different because I think if you want to see the story from the Horde side, go play Horde. If you want to see the story from the Alliance, play Alliance. Um, so I think that it gives people a reason to play other factions, I guess. Um, in okay. regards to the announcements for the races... Meh. I mean, I'm excited for people who are interested in those different allied races to be able to play them. It's not really important to me. I play a human paladin. There's not anything special coming for my class. I'm not, or my race. I'm not changing it. Um, I won't become a light forged paladin or drain eye paladin. It's just not who my character is. Um, but I know that more customization is definitely needed in the game as it kind of shows the date of how old it is because there's not a lot of things that you can do to change your character. Um, but in all, I'm glad for those that are excited, but it's not a big game changer for me. Dwayne, how about you? What do you think of the two continents? And is there a an allied race that you're looking forward to playing? We, we've seen it at times where there's been... We, we've actually seen questing in expansions that have occurred where everybody goes into the same zone and tries to level, and that can be a huge headache. Of course, some of that might get allevi alleviated by the fact that they're doing some different things with servers and, and having, having it um, to kind of relieve congestion. But I think it actually probably works best for for the game and for the leveling experience if there is some separation from the two from the two factions. So I, I like to see the uh, that we're gonna start out on two different continents. I also like the fact that like um, the last the last two expansions we're basically going to get to are this, I guess, was it Legion that they started doing this where basically you can start leveling wherever you want. And then, yes. yeah. So in, in, in Legion, you, there, there were f like five zones that you could, you could pick whichever zone you wanted to start in. And it would be, you, you didn't, you weren't locked into because of your level going to this zone first, followed by this zone. You could just pick where you wanted to go. Each of these two continents have four zones, so you know all the alliance players are going to the same island, but you can, but you do have the ability to start in whatever 
in whichever zone, you know, whichever part of that island that you want. And once you reach max level, then you can end up going over into the other onto the other island and seeing the where where the horde have been leveling and do some things over there. So I, I don't think you're missing out on anything by having it work this way. I think it probably ends up working best from just a a server capacity and just trying to get things done um, in the leveling experience. I think the best leveling experience is is the way that they're they're going to be doing it this time. As far as the allied races, I I don't know. I, I I'm somebody that has in the past played a lot of uh, ha- I have this main character that I play most of the time, a, a gnome mage, and then I've got some alternate characters that I that I've created and, and leveled, and those are those are a lot of fun. But I've kind of now that I've picked up some other games, uh, you know, Hearthstone and such, I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't spend as much time playing those other other uh, other characters. So. I'm kind of, I'm I'm kind of with Casey in that you know I, I'm excited that they're adding more more customized options in the game as far as races go and and I am glad they're improving the models for for the existing classes and races and um, so so that people get you know they they can further fine tune their character if that's the character that they want or in like your case if it's somebody it's a class or a race that the, that you've you've wanted for a long time and haven't gotten it now you actually get that opportunity but um i don't know i i think i think the zandalari troll look pretty cool i i think the the void elves look really neat as well i might yep. I, I might try playing them a little bit i definitely want to I, I definitely want to play through some of the story to learn about them more, but I can't say that I'm like this is. The, I, I I want to race change into a different my my main from a, a gnome into a different character or anything like that. I'm super excited about the allied races. The Zandalari trolls, like I said, have wanted them. I'm already planning which characters I'm going to play and which ones are going to be race tra- cha- uh, race changed. Once it's unlocked, I have a goblin that is a shaman that I don't play very much, but it will be uh, converted to a Zandalari. I'm very excited about the Void Elves. One of the reasons why I started playing Horde is because I really liked how the Blood Elves looked in their armor, and I'm petty enough, or maybe it's just my personality, that how something looks in armor is really important to me in the game. And the Void Elves look like they are going to look just as good in armor as the Blood Elves do. So on the Alliance side, that will be the first race that I un- or allied race that I unlock because, and if I like them as much as I do the Blood Elves, then I can see myself over time converting my mage. And what the great thing about that is I'll then be able to have more mains on the Alliance side that I'll be able to play with you guys in the game when we have the opportunity. I guess my question would be is, since they have told us that this is something that is going to make um, it possible for us to play other races in the future, is there one that you've always wanted to play um, that you think we could get? I know a lot of people have wanted the Naga, but because there's not really the like slots because they don't have legs. Um, but is there any other race that you guys have wanted? For me personally, ever since Lich King, I've won the Tuscar. 
So if they ever introduce that race, I will almost be as excited as I am about the Zandalari. Either of you guys have a specific race that you've always wanted to play? Uh, I want to play Murlocs. I want okay. to play Murlocs. For, I have no good reason for wanting to play a Murloc, but... And and again, it's not something where I would change my gnome mage into a murloc, but I I I like murlocs, and I would love to get to play a murloc in in World of Warcraft. I know you've played it in Heroes of the Storm, so maybe that is that keeping you getting by until that happens. It, it's it's gonna have to, and, and I have a a alternate hero for my for shaman in Hearthstone is a is a Murloc Oracle, so Morgul the Oracle. So I play that. I mm-hmm. I have to get by with that, and you know maybe maybe eventually we'll get to play Naga. The the Ethereals are actually really cool too. I wouldn't mind getting yes. getting to play yes. them too. Uh, th- that is the other race uh, that I would really love to see in the game. Casey, how about you? There isn't really anything that I specifically feel like I would need to play. There's just not anything that really pulls my attention in regards to that sort of stuff. Um, and since they've opened up like pet battles sort of stuff, they've gotten a lot of mm-hmm. like the pets that I was interested in having, but I'm really just I'm really just good with my characters as they are. For me, this was an amazing experience. I love that you guys provided the opportunity for me to share this experience with you guys. It was wonderful. I met so many new people, um, got to interact with people who I may have only socialized with um, via Twitter before. That was a wonderful experience. For me, World coming this year and having the World of Warcraft expansion announcement was a big deal. Um, I'm not exactly like I am totally coming to BlizzCon. Like I'm hooked. I will be making it will be a yearly pilgrimage. I'm it, it only takes one, I, Luke. I, I tell you what, uh, after our first year in 2014, it was like, how do we get how do we get back to here next year? And then it was how do we need to make this a yearly thing? And so I'm glad that you enjoyed it enough that now that is how you feel as well. That It's like, it's not if, it's how do I make this happen? Yes, I'm a little bit worried because next year there won't be a World of Warcraft expansion. So I'm like, has my first BlizzCon been the ultimate that I will ever get out of a BlizzCon and it's only downhill from here, I'm a little bit worried. There, you, you can survive a BlizzCon if there's no World of Warcraft announcement. We are proof that that is, is capable. There's there's always people, there's always things to see and do, but you, you did kind of happen upon arguably the best... Uh, blizzcon that that there has been i you know we've we've been to four we've watched an additional probably three or four via direct tv or or the uh, virtual ticket and they're they're all they're all great and even better when you're in person and get to see the people that you that you've met and grown uh and and have relationships with, but there's, there, there's something about, uh, the, the culmination of, of getting to see all the people you want to see and then getting something new and exciting for the game that you, that, that you're the most invested in that you really can't, can't, you, you can't, you can't beat that experience. Casey. 
I'm not sure you might need to have me on some sort of drip next year because if, if I'm going through withdrawals from not having a World of Warcraft announcement, I might need some sort of IV. I, I'm pretty sure that you'll help me get through Maybe it. Maybe he can be the next kinsman speech. No? Um, I think that next year is going to be just as great because even if we don't have a World of Warcraft announcement, which we probably won't because we will either have just had a, the expansion or will be getting the expansion... Um, the hype for that will be very, very real. You will get the opportunity of already knowing a lot of people that are there, and you just get to continue those relationships, which is, like I said, one of the main points of BlizzCon for me. And thank you so much for wanting to come with us. I know that we've talked about this for a couple years, and now that you live down in Phoenix and it's just a short little drive for you, I'm really glad that we got to be there with you to experience your first BlizzCon and to kind of show you the ropes of how things go down. It was an amazing experience. It really was a Blizzard family from spending so much time with you, meeting new people, getting an opportunity to help out with the CTR party and volunteer with that and be able to see how that community has had such an impact on its players and other people within the community. It was really a, a privilege almost to be able to experience it the way I did with you guys. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Do you guys have any other final thoughts as we wrap this up? I would say if you've ever thought about going to BlizzCon, save the money, do it. It's phenomenal. And, and I, I would say that this probably goes for other conventions as well. I know that not everybody that listens plays video games or blizzard games but if you've been thinking about going to comic-con if you think about going to one of your local cons do it like get with the people who have those interests with you and it's it's just phenomenal i i'm so lucky that we talked about going to a meetup which we ended up meeting people that we ended up seeing at blizzcon and then it's just grown from there. And so if you've ever thought about doing it, just get out there, save up the money, go and do it. It It's worth it. it. Where can people find you on Twitter? People can find me on Twitter at C-K-E-C-K-H-O-L-M. Real name alert and all that. Um, and you can find me in game i have no problem handling out my battle tag you can send me a message on twitter and i will happily give it to you i would say the same for myself if you're a listener and want to hit me up in game i'm more than happy to give out my battle tag Dwayne, what are your final thoughts on blizzcon 2017 and where can people find you on twitter and twitch Sure, I would. I would just echo what Casey was saying. You you have no idea how much just getting to go and and be a part of something like a a big convention like this with people that that like and and have a passion for the same things you do. Um, I my life has completely changed in the last few years because of going to BlizzCon in 2014 and the subsequent years since. So definitely do, do what you can to, uh, to, to get to, 
to do that or or just at the very least try and get more involved in the communities that are surrounding the things you're passionate about because as soon as you start doing that you realize that you're not on an island when it comes to the things that you that that you're excited about the things that that you have an interest in and there is nothing more exciting about meeting others that that have that same passion and and they can drive you to become even more passionate about the things that that you're excited about so definitely definitely do that i'm on twitter at major death mage m-a-g-e a death and i'm on twitch i stream hearthstone uh, specifically trying to help people that are new or have never played a collectible card game before we i stream monday wednesday and fridays at 8 p.m central time at twitch.tv slash major death and uh so that's that's where you can find me i'm always looking for for uh co-op partners to play uh arena streams on friday nights so definitely come check that out and and maybe we can have you on the stream and you can help me uh play the arena sometime I am looking forward to seeing year two of your streaming. Um, if it wasn't for the time zone differences that I we experience, I would be watching your feed with regularity because even though I don't play Hearthstone, I really enjoy the approach that you take to the game and your willingness to help people along who are asking questions in the chat as you're playing it's something that I really admire um, where you've come from, where you're headed. It's I'm really looking forward to see how that evolves. I just realized we did not even mention cosplay. There was some amazing cosplay. One of the people from CTR won it for her cosplay as Hogger, which was epic. I was like, we need to have a level one run on the Hogger cosplay because that is how great it was. Was there any um, cosplay that stuck out for either of you guys? I, I I didn't get to see a ton of those, but there the every year it is amazing to me the level of of cosplay at the event. So Friday night after kind of all the day's announcements and things, they have a a community night where uh, this year they had Chris Hardwick uh, MC that event and they do a like a talent show and like a a cosplay contest and and that's the that was that you know the hogger was the winner but they're around the convention just everywhere you go you see all this amazing cosplay all these characters from all these different games you know, and then like iterations on that, you know, you've got uh, males dressed up as female characters from 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 like Overwatch or whatnot. And then you've got, you know, crossplay vice versa. You've got females dressed up as male characters from 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 like Starcraft or something. It's just amazing. And then these these really elaborate costumes, you have people dressed up like these giant uh like Terran things from Starcraft or or whatnot that you can't even tell that there's a human being inside them. But last year there was there was somebody there was somebody dressed up as like a giant uh, Zerg thing. I'm trying I'm trying to remember, but like there was literally like you couldn't even tell there was a human inside there. The these just the costumes are just amazing and 
there there's probably pictures uh all over all over the internet for for what the what these do but there's just so many talented people in this community that that put on these that put together these costumes that take you know pretty much a full year to 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 put together Casey, any cosplay that jumped out for you? And then I remembered one more thing that we have to discuss. I apologize, but there was so many awesome things. Was there any cosplay for you? Um, I was very much looking forward to Kaz's Hogger. I've been watching her um, document it on Twitter for the last six to eight months, and I knew it was going to be amazing, and I'm so happy that she won. Um, additionally, I was interested in seeing um, Sparks's gender bender Arthas, um, which was very cool. She always does a wonderful job. I even watched the Cosplay 101 um, panel to listen to her talk about the kind of um, products and things that she uses to make her armor. Um, I think that I might cosplay soonish next convention or the one after. I really want to do it, so I have a lot of um, excitement for those people, and I'm just very much in awe of the talent that they all have. I feel like that should be a soon TM, because for me, next year, if this all works out, I'm going to be in Boston at Halloween and then be coming straight to Anaheim for BlizzCon. So I'll probably have some sort of costume next year at Halloween, and I'm not a Halloween fan, so we'll see how that goes. But it did cross my mind that at some point I might try cosplay. I don't know if that's next year, but maybe in a couple years. Soon TM to to take away from Blizzard. Dwayne, would you ever do cosplay? Uh, Likely not. I am not nearly as talented at, at at putting together costumes as as some of the people we've saw uh, our friend uh, Pasha did a kill Jaden and she was at the CTR party on Friday night and she did a fantastic job and it was like seeing people try and walk around in some of those costumes also makes me not really want to ever have to try and figure out how to how to deal with you know going to the bathroom in a cosplay costume too so there's yeah there's just yeah (laughs) i got a picture with pasha and it was amazing if you haven't followed my um twitter post because i put a lot of photos on twitter i know i have a photo of that on instagram which is instagram.com slash i concur i-c-o-n-n-k-e-r i-c-o-n-k-e-r-r bunch of blizzcon photos there wrapping this up have to discuss Roscoe's. I am not a believer in maple syrup on chicken, but apparently everybody else loves chicken and waffles. It was my first time there. We ended up eating there twice. What I will say is they have amazing cornbread and their biscuits and gravy is awesome. So ending this podcast, thumbs up or thumbs down to chicken and waffles, Casey? Thumbs up. Dwayne? I I can't argue. It's it's a thumbs up. We we've we've eat we eat there for breakfast at least once every every year since the first year we went there. So no no way it can be a thumbs down. I am going to be on an island of one when it comes to SERP 
on Friday. But, by the by, the way, we should have known the one more topic that you had was food related. By the way, I agree. Listen, th- this is what happens when you're on a weight loss journey and you can't eat everything that you want to. Food all of a sudden becomes much more important. Um, on that note, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. You can find me at Twitter on Twitter at Luke underscore Kerr. Casey, once again, where can they find on you? On Twitter, C-K-E-C-K-H-O-L-M. Dwayne, Twitter and Twitch. Once again, I am on Twitter at Majadeth, not Megadeth. It's Majadeth for for my gnome mage. And then I'm on Twitch Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv slash Majadeth. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye. Bye.